But we're so grateful, you know. We, we try to find and we want to be intentional about including Generation C in everything we do. So that is why you see young people inviting you to what we're doing here. Well, Graham Lyle and Terry Brenton penned the words to a well-known song that went on to win three Grammys and hit number one in the U.S. Billboard Top 100. This hit was recorded by the late Tina Turner, and the lyrics say, what's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with it, got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? You know it, right? You've heard it if you don't know it. Um, and I thought, you know, that is a good question to ask in our parent, parenting series and marriage and relationships because what's love got to do with it? Everything. Say that to the person next to you. Tell them everything. Now say it in Spanish. Todo. Todo. And if you're online joining us, comment on the chat everything, or todo, if you want to do some Spanish in there. But love has everything to do with it. And as parents, the greatest thing we can do for our children is to love each other. The greatest thing that you can do is to love each other. And if you're single parenting, I want to let you know that you are not alone, and I think the greatest thing that you can do is allow the community to love you. And be kind to yourself. Speak encouragement to yourself and leave the negative self-talk out. You are doing the best you can. And, you know, I know that this song is talking about the, um, you know, the butterflies in your stomach kind of love, the arrows kind of love, and not the agape love, sacrificial love. But hear me out. Aren't most marriage relationships an expression of arrows and agape love? I hope so. <laughs> hope there's both in there. Um, really makes marriage fun. <laughs> Um, but it is for the context of marriage that God created this arrow's love. And it is in marriage where the sacrificial, serving, agape Jesus love is needed and ought to be practiced most. Because you know this. Nothing will test your patience and love and kindness more than your family right? You know it. Your family is going to test how kind, how patient, how loving you truly are. And Andy and Sandra Stanley write, your marriage, your relationship with your spouse becomes part of the story your kids will tell. I know that the relationship my parents had, their marriage, has become part of my story. And sometimes it goes back to them. And so I want to remind you that your story and your kid's story and your family's story is part of God's bigger story. I know I've said story like four times already. Bear with me. See, there is a question that I want to ask you. How do you leverage the season your family is in today? and keep your focus on God's bigger story. 
So what's God's bigger story? The truth is that no matter how messed up, how hard this weekend with your family has been, how upset you are with your spouse or how angry you are at your parents, we believe that God has a bigger story in mind. That there is a story of hope for your family. That there is a story of redemption. That there is a story of freedom in your family because that is what God does. He is the author and as Gen C would say, let him cook. One of the challenges that I experienced um, when I first, do you guys know what let him cook means? I'm seeing some expressions. You're like, what? Let him do what he does, okay? Let God do what he does. Let him be faithful. Um, one of the challenges that I experienced when Carlos and I grew up, grew our family uh, by one, was remembering that Carlos and I were a we. That for the first several months, it was so easy for me to assign blame to him, even though it wasn't his fault. <laughs> for our online family, Carlos just amened, so... But I, I think I had to remember that our relationship wasn't just about me winning, but that we were both new at this parenting thing and on very minimal sleep. And see, studies confirm that most couples bicker more after having babies. <laughs> you guys are like, yep. <laughs> Marriages fight, families fight. And Pastor Jeff Brody says this. He says, every family fights. Some families fight cold and some fight hot. Those that fight hot slam doors and raise voices. They are passionate. And then there are families that fight cold. You will get the silent treatment at dinner. There will be a lot of passive aggressiveness. And one moment they're in your corner and the next they shut you out right? And some families fight both ways. There's hot and cold in the family, so there's all kinds of fighting going on. Um, but when I was in the fourth grade, I want to tell you about something that I experienced. I had a friend named Nicholas, and we would talk and play together on a regular basis. And one day after the lunch bell rang, um, everybody would try to run to get in line. And so as we were running, we were hurrying to get in line, Nicholas beat me, and he got in line in front of me, but I wanted to be first. So I gently, and I'm, I'm like not exaggerating, I gently tapped him and pushed him out of the way. Some of you guys are like, yeah, right. No, for real, I thought it was gently, gentle, okay? So I gently tapped him to push him out of the way, and he, he pushed me hard. I mean, hard, like I lost my footing, and so what do you think I did? I pushed him back, and then he pushed me back, and then we started going, and pretty soon our arms were flailing everywhere, and, you know, our teacher comes and sees us, and, you know, and it ended up with me pinning him to the ground. 
And, and I just got to say, I grew up with four brothers, okay? So I had plenty of experience <laughs> fighting with boys. And so I pinned him to the ground, and it ended up with us having a week-long detention. <laughs> so that was, that was sad. But the saddest part of the story is that my friend Nicholas was so upset that he didn't talk to me for a very long time. Because you can win the fight, but lose the relationship. You can win the fight, but you lose the relationship. And how many times in our relationship with your children, especially teenagers, do you win the argument, but lose their hearts? How many times in your relationship with your spouse, being right becomes more important than loving them? Or in your relationships that, that surround you, being right is more important than loving them? What if we became better at winning hearts and not arguments? See, at the heart of family, at the heart of marriage, is relationships. 1 Peter 4, 8, Peter writes to remind believers about relationships. And he says this, he says, above everything, keep your love for one another at full strength, for love covers a multitude of sins. Jesus said this way, Jesus said, the most important commandment, right? You guys have been hearing me say this often. I don't know why I keep using that verse. The Lord must want us to hear it over and over again. Um, but see, the most important commandment, Jesus says, in other words, give priority to your vertical relationship with God and give priority to your horizontal relationships with one another and live this L-shaped life. We're supposed to live this L-shaped life, this life that is formed and influenced by love, by relationship. So above everything means prioritizing. And for marriages, this means prioritizing your spouse. How can you make them feel that they are your priority? For me, I'm still learning how to do this. Some days I'm like, nailed it. And other days I'm like, failed it. Like, you know, it just works out sometimes. And sometimes I, you know, Charlie's just too cute. So I want to prioritize her all the time. You're cute too, but you know. Like, uh, Charlie doesn't talk back. Um, no. Um, but see, it, it's so easy to, to lose our priority when, when kids get added on to the mix or when other things are happening in your family, especially with all the things that are going on. Um, you know, one, one time we were out to lunch with our friends and uh, friends from California, and I noticed that their, their little girl, she had been sitting with us and she had been able to hang with us. And we were hours into this conversation. We had gone together for lunch. And by the time, um, you know, the, the waiter came and cleared up, we were ready for dinner. Like, that is how long the conversation had been. Because we just loved them. We were, we were just catching up. And so we were talking. And, but I noticed that their little girl was, like, really, like, participating. And she was, like, maybe, like, four or five years old at the time. And I was amazed. 
because I had not seen a kid do that. You know, I, you know, usually it's like they're ready to go and we have to go because the kid's ready to go. But the little girl just sat there and she colored and whenever she wanted to interrupt, she would say, excuse me, you know, and she would, she would interrupt us. And I told my friend, like, man, like, that's amazing. Like, your, your girl is able to hang with us for this long. And my friend went on to share that their girl was their world, but their girl was not the one running their world. She was not the one in charge. And she says, we have taught her to wait because mom and dad need to be with each other and have priority, and then her time will come too. We give her time, but first, we got to spend time. And I was just amazed at that. And see, this is how they were prioritizing each other, by teaching and giving this example to their little girl. And I want to share with you, can I share with you another way to prioritize your relationship? It's by becoming a student of your spouse. Learn what their love language is. How many of you guys have read the book, The Five Love Languages? Let me see hands up if you've read that. In the chat, put, it, put a hand up if you read it. So a lot of us, and for those of us that don't know, it's a book that was written a while back, but it's really good, and it talks about there are five love languages, and I'm going to name them. Um, one of them is acts of service. Another one is gifts. Another one is words of affirmation, touch, and quality time. But if, let's say, my um, love language was quality time, but Carlos's love language was acts of service, he can mow the grass and take out the trash and do all the laundry in the world that we have. But because my love language is quality time, though he's doing all that, that's great, but I'm not feeling loved. Because the way that I feel love is like, I need you to sit with me and talk to me and tell me and, like, just massage my feet. Do something, you know? Like, be with me. Um, he actually did that last night. Thanks, babe. Um, but, you know, like, so, so it's understanding what the other person needs. And so another way is, like, do you care about the things that they care about? You know, I have a, 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 a friend and a mentor and person that I call my mom that I'm not going to name. But, um, you know, she, she has a husband that loves college football. And um, she, you know, don't think could care much about college football. But what she does is she quilts as she sits with him and he enjoys the game. I love that. I love that. I love that she does that. And see, the reason I became a Warriors fan is because Carlos loves the Warriors. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'll do this for him. You're like, I will love the Warriors too. I will become a Warriors fan. So sometimes it's learning to care about what they care about. Can you care about what your person, what your spouse cares about? And I think I love that, that Peter says that we are to prioritize what about above everything love one another and he says at full strength at full strength and other translation says show deep love and to show this deep love john 13 34 through 35 says this jesus says let me give you a new command love one another in the same way i loved you you love one another this is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love that you have for each other. So this is it. This is our calling card as Jesus followers. 
This is so people know, like, we're legit. We are loving one another by the way that we love one another. So why keep love for one another at full strength? Because the power of Christ love, or Christian love, we can say, can result in forgiveness and reconciliation when hurt or when you are wronged. It is the only love that, un that forgives the unforgivable. It is the only love with the power to redeem and bring forgiveness and healing. And that is why we are to love at full strength. And we know that parenting is emotional, right? I, like I told you a couple of weeks ago, I didn't know how angry I could get, you know, until I became a parent. And um, e emotions are human. Like, they're totally okay. Please, if you don't have emotions, I'd be concerned. Like, emotions are part of who we are. However, what gets me in trouble, and maybe what gets you in trouble, is when you let your emotions control your mouth, right? Like, when you know, like, oh, that shouldn't have come out, like, and it just came out, right? Um, and it's, it's really hard, and I think I love that one of the fruits of the Spirit, one of the things that we get given when we say yes to Jesus is this fruit called self-control. That we have this ability to love one another by not sharing everything we're mad about or thinking. That we could be like, no, I, I'm upset at this, but there's a better way to communicate that I'm upset about this. Instead of, you know, throwing a dish or something. Um, so, <laughs> I don't do that ever. Um, but full strength is needed. Deep love is needed. And see, it's a love that fights for each other and not against each other. This week, along with my, I have an online um, Bible study group, we've been reading ne um, this historical account by a guy named Nehemiah. And he received the news that the walls of his beloved city, Jerusalem, had been broken down. And at that time, for a city to have his walls broken down meant that the enemy could co easily come and attack it. So they were in danger, and they didn't have a defense. They didn't have protection. So he prays, and he fasts, and gets crazy favor, and gets provision. So he starts building the wall. And he has people helping him build the wall. So what we're going to read next is him in the middle of this process. So it says in Nehemiah 4, verse 12, The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So in other words, they will be attacked on all sides. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. See, the enemy, and I know you know this, will attack on all sides. Have you ever felt that? Like your day starts off and it's one thing after another and it just doesn't let up. So in response to this attack, Nehemiah placed people to guard by families. 
people were standing guard with their families. And they were armed with swords and spears and bows. Imagine a construction site where people are trying to build. And in one hand, they are having a hammer. They are carrying a hammer or doing their thing. And in the other hand, they are holding a gun. Well, spears, because back then they didn't have guns. But that is what was happening. One hand was holding what they were using to build. And the other hand was ready to defend and, 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 and just be on guard. But they were with their families. What was it about this instruction of being with family that Nehemiah gave them? I think it's important because you will fight for your family, right? You will defend, you will strengthen your family. And then it goes on to say, then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. There is a very real attack against marriages and against families and you need to be aware not so that you're scared but so that you're prepared don't be afraid and i love that he tells them don't be afraid remember the lord remember he is mighty he is strong and he goes on to say he is glorious so remember him so there's no need to fear because you know who's fighting on your side and who is with you. But he also tells them, fight. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your spouses. Fight for your homes. I love that. I love that he says, yeah. There is going to be attack coming, but this is what you're to do. You are to fight for one another. You're supposed to fight for, not against each other. But I think a lot of times our emotions kind of cloud us and we forget that we're supposed to fight for each other and not against each other. It's so easy to hold on to offense and to take it against the person that's the closest to you and the one that you feel safe, safest with. And so we fight against each other. But I want you, if you're married, to fight for your marriage. I want you, if you're a parent, to fight for your son, to fight for your daughter. And kids, you get to fight along with your parents. Not against them, but with them and for them. And see, one of the ways that I think, and there are many, there's like tons of ways, but these are the ways that the book mentions, so these are the ones that I'm mentioning. Um, but love your spouse by prioritizing them. And one way that you can do that is encouraging them. You should be their biggest cheerleader. Because let me tell you, the world is criticizing and beating them down enough. They don't need that from you. We don't need that from each other, right? 
We need to encourage. We need to build up. We need to be intentional about encouragement for each other. And then Carlos reminded me of this. He says, you, you, can, you can say you love your family all you want, but what does your schedule say? A way to love and fight for your family and spouse is the time that you give them. Again, what do you prioritize in your schedule? For us, we had to learn. We went a while without having a date night. And we were confessing to friends Friday night because we went on a double date that we had gone a long time without a date. And we're like, wow, wait, this is the second date night in a row. And we like high-fived each other because we're so proud. We're like, yes. But you know, it doesn't just happen. We have to be intentional. So what does your schedule say? And if your schedule is to, because I think what's important is to have a rhythm where you're, you, you have the margin to give time to each other. So maybe that's where you need to start, and that's how you start fighting for each other with your schedules, in your schedules. And another way is I don't know if, um, you know, your family or your kid takes out the trash or your spouse takes out the trash and, and you say thank you. I, I try to remember to say thank you. And another way you can fight is by showing gratitude. And studies show that when you show gratitude, when you express gratitude, when you live in gratitude, you're happier. There's more joy that comes when we express gratitude. So expressing gratitude is good. And sometimes what happens to me is that I'm grateful, but I forget to tell people that I'm grateful. So then people never know that I'm grateful. And so I think for us, it's this practice of expressing gratitude, letting people know how grateful we are. And then this fruit of the Spirit and this way to respond is by responding with kindness. Have you noticed that the people that we live closest to are the least that we're kind to sometimes? So this week, um, I had an opportunity to respond with kindness. See, Carlos was, was coming home, um, and, and Charlie always gets excited when she sees either of us coming. And, you know, she was like, Dada! She was really happy. But um, as Carlos went to close the garage door, Charlie didn't move her hand from, you know, the door part where it closes. And so she got her finger slammed. And she started crying, and my heart broke. And I really wanted to react to that moment and blame Carlos for not being careful or whatever, all the other thoughts that are running through my head. But I said, no, you get to respond with kindness. So I said, oh, man. So I hugged Charlie and I said, babe, like, it's okay. Like, she's going to be okay. Let's get ice. Let's figure this out. Like, let's give her some extra cuddles and some kisses. Like, you know, she's going to be okay. But that took a lot of self-control because I really wanted to react and be like, how dare you hurt my child? <laughs> I mean, our child, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I had an opportunity, and you have an opportunity every day to respond with kindness. And that is how people will know that we 
are followers of Jesus, have said yes to Jesus. So I want to encourage you with this message. I want to remind you that you're not supposed to fight against each other, but you're supposed to fight for each other. It's not about me, it's about we. And I want to remind you to not give up. I love that the author, Nehemiah, tells them, don't be afraid. See, it's, it's, it's so tempting to give up when it's really hard, when you've been fighting for a long time for your spouse, when you've been fighting for your son, when you've been fighting for your daughter. It's exhausting. But don't give up. Remember the Lord Remember that he is God. Remember that he is mighty. And remember that he is with you and he is for you. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes right where you are. And I'm going to ask the band to come up. And Lord, you want to be reminded today of your faithfulness and your goodness. Lord, we want to be able to know that it's about love and loving one another. But it's not just with our prayers that we get to fight, but it's with the way that we live. It's not with, just with our talk, but the way that we walk, the way that we live with one another. So Lord, I pray first, I pray for those that are here, And who maybe are having a hard time fighting for each other. Because what's easier is to fight against each other. So Lord, I pray that by your spirit, you would strengthen us and you would help us to fight. Fight for our spouses. To fight for our sons to fight for our daughters to fight for the relationships that you've placed us in God and Lord I pray that when our strength is running out we would receive the supernatural strength that comes from you Lord I pray that in the way that we talk, but also in the way that we walk, we would show others that we belong to you, that we are yours. So Father, thank you that we can respond today by making the changes that we need to make in our schedules, in expressing gratitude given priority to the one that you've placed us with. So Lord, we ask for your help. Lord, we need your help. In our marriages, we need your help. With our children, we need your help. So help us, Lord. And with everybody's eyes closed, I want to make an invitation for those that maybe are here 
for the first time or maybe are here and have not placed, maybe you've not placed your faith in Jesus. Maybe you've not come to say, yes, I want to follow him and believe that he loves me and he gave his life for me on the cross, but that he also resurrected on the third day so that I would have resurrection life, so that I would know life and life abundant. You're in this place, and today you want to make a decision to follow Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. If you want to trust him to forgive your sins today, and you're in this room, I'm going to invite you with everybody's eyes closed. Would you lift your eyes up and look at me so that I can agree with you if you're making a decision today to follow Jesus? I see you. I agree with you anyone else just look up at me thank you Lord I see you I agree with you Lord we thank you for the gift of salvation we thank you for the hope that you give us we thank you that you are writing a bigger story we are part of God's bigger story and there is hope for families that there is redemption for families, God. That there is freedom. So, Father, thank you that we can trust you. We're going to sing a song, and you're invited to sit or stand, whatever you feel comfortable. But as we sing this song, would you remember who the Lord is as you continue to trust God with your marriage and your family?